TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 412, and I'm Libya, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Greg, TV enthusiast from St. Louis. Hi, this is Yusun, and I'm a costume designer and a TV enthusiast. All right, let's start off with the news. First, right. we have that The Sandlot from, however, what's that, from the 70s or 80s? The yeah. cast is reuniting for a reboot that no one asked for whatsoever. They are. Of they are. Is, as a movie or a TV show? Uh, it just it said TV reboot. Oh, okay. I, I know. Yeah. And I was like, aren't they all like 50 now? Like, I don't know. And I then. Even, yeah, I don't even remember that show. I don't either. And I here's think a, it was a movie. I think it was a movie. I don't and, believe it was ever a show. And here's another reboot nobody asked for. The Babysitter's Club is getting a reboot for Netflix. Which I believe was also just a movie. Yeah, so, but this one, no, it was a, I saw this trailer. It was a movie and a TV series. It was both. This one is not reuniting the cast. They're obviously, they're recasting and having a bunch of teenage girls, but they're making it modern, current day, whatever. So that's for Netflix. Um, The Star Trek Unnamed Picard TV series has picked its director for their two-part pilot. And for the first time in Star Trek history, they have picked a black woman as their director. Her name is Hanel Culpepper, and I work with her on Gotham, and she's awesome. So oh, I'm very cool. I'm very excited. I'm like, yay! Oh, cool. that sounds awesome. Um, what is this? Josh Radner joins Al Pacino in a Jordan Peele Nazi hunter drama. And can I take this moment to say Jordan Peele is doing more TV shows than anyone I know right now. He's trying to beat Berlanti. Like, he has a TV series on, like, every network at this moment. And I love it. Uh, nothing, nothing's premiered yet. None of his TV shows have premiered yet. But I, it's just like, he did one, He did Get Out, did a great job, and he turned that into all these TV series deals. And I think that's fantastic. Anyway, right. um, Alan Tudyk is to star in a sci-fi drama called Resident Alien based on the comic book series that I've mm. never heard of before. But uh, I like that he's got his own series. He's the lead on this. Uh, was it a movie? <laughs> what'd you say? I said, wasn't that also a movie? Resident, Resident Alien, a- not Resident Evil. You're thinking Resident Evil. No, no, I'm thinking Resident Alien. But anyway, I'll look it up later. Uh, Damian Lewis joins A&E's drama called Spy Wars. I like Damian Lewis, so I might check it out. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine has been renewed for season seven. Nine-Nine? Nine-Nine! I have to say that. Uh, Strike Back is to end with its season seven. Uh, I stopped watching that show around season five, so... Yeah, eh. I'm three. You stopped at season three? I think so. I don't remember. It's all a blur. I know. Only thing that makes me slightly curious is this current season has Jamie Bamber in it, so I'm a little curious, but not enough, obviously, to watch it. Wait, are we talking about uh, Apollo? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, I might watch. I might tune back in, although I have no idea what's going on, I guess. Right. Well, so. Strike Back is pretty standalone per season. So, like, yeah. each season has True. its own story. True. Uh, Star Trek Discovery has been renewed for season three. Get out the disco ball. (laughs) And all three Chicago series have been renewed. Uh. (laughs) Well, it's good for the city of Chicago. How about that? What did you say, Greg? I said, I don't watch any of them. Neither do I. But I'm glad for the city of Chicago that gives Chicago money. And yay. But yes, I, I watch none of the Chicago shows. But apparently they all cross over, but I really don't care. <laughs> Alright, so let's start talking about the shows. First up, we're going to talk about The Walking Dead, which apparently I'm the only one that's still watching in this group. What's <laughs> funny is, both of you guys used to watch the show, and you've both jumped off the wagon. Yeah, So yeah. What are, and you were like, oh, well, after Rick goes then, because you're a Rashone person, you were like, I'm done. But now you're acting like out of my cold, dead hands when you take No, 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 no. That's not what I'm acting like at all. Uh, The only reason that I'm still watching the show is because instead of killing Rick like I thought they were going to do, they didn't kill Rick. They sent him off, and they're setting up Michonne to have to figure out how to find him. So I'm watching so that I have the backstory so that when she finally finds him, plus they gave them a kid, and he's super adorable. And so that fills my Rashawn heart. And uh, they just announced that Denai is leaving at season 10 for just a couple. And, and the way, because at first I was like, well, how is she going to go find Rick if they're in the middle of this stupid whisperer war? And the answer is they can't send her off because that wouldn't make any sense that she would leave her family in jeopardy in the middle of this war. And that also explains why. They said she's going to do a handful of episodes in season 10 that they're going to spread out throughout the season to make it seem like she's in the middle of fighting the war so that they're not actually going to send her off to find Rick until the Whisperer War is over, which makes sense for her character because it wouldn't make sense that if her family was in danger, she'd just run off to find Rick and leave her kids. Like, that wouldn't make any sense at all. So... The only way to have her leave her children and go find Rick is if they were in peacetime. So they're going to keep her. My theory is they're going to keep her around, finish the war. The whisper war ends. Then Michonne's going to pick up a radio signal like, psh, psh, ah, this is, this is uh, Rick Grimes calling Alexandria. <laughs> and then she's going to take off and we'll never see her again on the show. That's pretty much, and then she's going to be on the movies with, uh, with Andrew Lincoln, is my theory. Is huh? it one a year, or two a year, or four it's, a year? It's one movie a year. Oof, that's four years. Do they really think they're, people are going to still watch four years later? I, it's three movies. So it's not four movies. Did you think oh, it was no, it's only three. Oh. It's three movies, one a year. I thought they were going to start shooting one of the movies this year. But apparently nothing's been written, so they're not going to start. I think they wanted to know when Michonne was leaving, and they want to time it out right. So they're going to, from now what it looks like, is they're going to shoot Rick's first movie next year. So that, because the first movie is supposed to be what happened to him in the six-year time jump. So we're going to see from when he got picked up in the helicopter until six years later. 
And I'm sure at the end of that, he'll get on the radio and send the signal. And then on the TV show, she'll get the signal. And then the next movie, she'll probably be in. So she'll probably be in two of the movies. Right. That's my theory. And once she's gone, then the show has no more Rashawn for me. So I'm I'm good. Um, the Whisper Wars kind of... Oh, you guys got me off track. Which was this episode was mainly giving background to the Whispers, and I don't really care about them. I don't care about any of the new characters at all. So I this is the first in history for you guys. I was fast-forwarding through the show. So, like, if it was one of the sto- BAB stories or whatever, I was like, yeah, I don't care. And wow. I've never watched The Walking Dead like that. I always wanted to know everything that's happening, but... I'm just not connecting with any of the new characters. I don't care about the Whisperers. Don't care about Daryl being the leader of Hilltop. Because Daryl is not a leader. And I don't believe that... I'd Like, when they show him try to take over negotiations and be the leader... One, I don't think he's smart enough. And two, he's not eloquent enough to be diplomatic. Though, to be fair, the Whisperer chick was only talking in, like, verbs. So, you know, I'm not sure where the eloquence is in that, but... Yeah, I, I just don't feel anything for any of the new people. So I won't really have a problem once the people I care about are gone. I still care about Carol. That storyline was fun. It was Carol and Ezekiel. Uh, were they just, Ezekiel decided he wanted to have movie night. And so they went on this big expedition to get a bulb for their um, projector. And they had to fight off all these walkers. And they had to come up with these, this big elaborate plan and all this other stuff. And it was basically about the difference between surviving and living. And that's really because what they, the mission was dangerous. But one of the guys was like, I want my children to know what a movie is. Because the projector had been broken for like five years and he had like three kids and they were all, you know, stair-stepped. And they didn't, they had never seen a movie before. And he was like, I'm just imagining my kids' eyes the first time they see a movie. Um, So... That actually was pretty good. Like, I liked that storyline. But I was bored out of my mind with the Daryl one. So, there you go. That's all about The Walking Dead. Let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about The Passage. And this episode leads us ever closer to the bad guys breaking out. And obviously because the government is stupid and power hungry and are ignoring the signs of danger. I feel like that leader dude should be the first one to die. And if this were a movie that was only two hours and they needed to give us a payoff, he he would definitely be the one. It would be Paul Reiser in Aliens. That (laughs) door opens up and then we all cheer. You're like, yes! Um, He's a a little bit of a caricature character. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know, I mean, I'll say that he's probably, we always talk about, or a lot of the time we talk about a show only being as good as its villains. And he's a B villain, thank goodness, because if he was the A villain, I would have a problem with the show. But since head vampire master dude, I forgot his Dunning, Fanning, Fanning, um, you know, is actually our true villain. And he's fantastic. Right. Um. I'm okay with straw man. I'm okay with, you know, caricature man, cartoon man. So, I mean, it's, it, I, I find the casting a little weird also. Um, 
you know, and in case you weren't sure he was a bad guy, you know, this this week's episode had that, you know, Dick Cheney, you know, had something there. You know, yeah, he's my thing. hero. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, really? I mean, you know, that I talk about on the nose. Yeah, that was a little too much. That was a little too much. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. anyway, but keep going. I want to hear someone else say something before I chime in. Oh, um, yeah. Um, from I, I like uh, I, I was a little concerned because, you know, we're getting close to the end of the series. There, there aren't. You know, too many episodes left. There's three episodes left. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's three episodes left. But then they decided to spend most of this episode doing flashbacks to kind of tell us about, you know, why, um, you know, the agent, um, you know, really cares about Amy uh, because of what happened to his daughter. Right. Um, And so really, I guess the only thing, you know, as they were doing the flashbacks, I'm like, okay, okay, I kind of get it. But. Um, and then finally, when you kind of see him and his wife kind of reconcile and, and she kind of, you know, gives him the realization, it's like, look, you know, you're not the only one who was hurting and you're not the only one who has regrets about everything that happened, you know, um, that maybe, you know, I could have done something different, you know, any step of the way and our daughter would still be alive. Um, Which was a good point. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and let me say this. I want to just jump in there because um, at first I thought it was it was going to be it was going to be a filler episode, a little extraneous. And I thought, you don't need this. I don't need your flashback explanation step by step because I've already for me, the show has already established their bond, not um, husband and wife, the bond between um, uh, forgot the little girl's name. Uh, But Amy. Right. You know, I've I've they did such a good job with very little. You know, that I already, you know, they've already had their ups and downs and push back and pull back in and the whole kind of, you know, relationship thing where I already feel like I didn't need it. However, you you brought up that point, which is, but what was good for me is now I care more about the the couple and their their relationship. And um, they're showing us, which we essentially want with most of our characters in any show we care about is growth. So for me, once that kind of started happening, I thought, oh, I get it. You know, and that was way more potent because we had the flashbacks and we had you know his downfall and all of that I, I, I would have been fine without it but it still it was good i'd like to point out she was at the beginning of this series she was engaged to some dude named like tom or something and <laughs> she right. she ran off to help him and she has not contacted that dude <laughs> since <laughs> that's a major yeah, have that's you even mentioned him at all? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I totally forgot about that. Not even like a, not even like a, just a, you know, one phone call. See ya. That's yeah, crazy. she didn't even tell him. Like, you know what? This is not gonna work because right. I've fallen back in love with my ex. Nothing, and she ran to him at the drop of a hat, which right. said to me she shouldn't have been trying to marry that other guy anyway. No, but that's the conceit of their relationship anyway. She'd never stopped loving him. And, and you know, and, and this episode definitely brought that home that, you know, it was only about his pain getting in the way of the two of them and their relationship and nothing right. else. She never right, stopped right. loving him. And I didn't care about her character as much. I did find her a little, not annoying, but I kind of was like, I don't know if we need you. Um, you know, uh, but then this makes it matter more to me. Right. You know? I, I do agree with that. Yes. Cause now yeah. you actually feel the basis of that relationship and you actually are like, okay, I kind of want them together now. Like before I didn't yeah. care. 
also the flashback establishes his relationship. It was good. I mean, like I said, I had my doubts when I started watching it and I thought, oh, I don't know about this. Um, do we need this? Um, but it also establishes for me his friendship with his best friend. Oh, and that's why true. So you know that's what I mean? Yeah. And how he tried to convince him not to do, I mean, how he got the job, all of it. It, it was a nice flashback. Like they gave us a lot of information and, and, and solidified a lot of relationships because I was willing to forgive that guy. You know what I mean? So easily. Do you know right, what I mean? Right. And I think I was really willing to put him definitely in the category of bad guy. But once you understand like his motivation, this episode helped us understand his motivation, his friendship, though. What's weird is now that you know that I don't understand why he tried to kill him in the pilot now like that. The pilot almost doesn't make sense in that regard. Once you get the background, you're like, well, you're right. I think they brush it off too easily. But he did say something like he there. He gave some lip service to like, oh, I was, you know, it was all about the cause or I was, you know, motivated by the blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was you're you're not wrong. It was a little too light on the, you know, that explanation. But they did try, I feel like, to give a little bit of a, you know, but you're you're yeah, it was dramatic. It's one thing to, you know, arrest your friend and keep him hostage and da, 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 da. But to so cavalierly be like. I'm going to kill him. You yeah, know what I mean? He really tried yeah. to kill him a couple of times. Yeah. So yeah, but you know how sometimes pilots don't always completely mesh with like the rest of the, the show series. is trying to do. That's yeah. True. Yeah. You, you know, right. so I'll give them well, that. And, and then the other part we had was that Jonas like basically, you know, killed his wife. I mean, um, oh, to keep, right. to keep well, her. He, he disconnected her from the machines. He didn't kill yeah. her. Well, <laughs> that's kind of, no no but it was like her functions were breaking down she was dying and her choices were her choices were like life support yeah she was on life support he did not kill her yeah she just said turn off the life support and families do that all the time they decide when to turn off the life support for someone i'm gonna say go ahead sorry go ahead no No, i was just gonna say that um i i i was surprised i mean it's a tearjerker scene if you let it be um and it moved me. I got, it's, you know, we're not talking, this is us tears, but I really thought they handled that scene beautifully, even though I knew it was coming. I mean, right. just the way written her character and their relationship, I knew at no time, there was no conflict for me. I had no doubt she was not going to join Fanning. Um, so it was a little anticlimactic for me. So that says even more about how they handled that scene, because knowing that that was going to happen all along, I still felt felt like they did a really nice job and um and and I really thought I know it's a little sappy but when she said you know she wasn't like the classic standard like kill me you know that kind of a scene she said it was more positive where she said I choose you and that got me I just was like uh you know instead of it being so dreary and dark and being like kill me you know which we've seen a million times um so i thought that no- those notes were really nice and but i and- have to say i actually felt a little bad for fanning because he truly loved her and he thought did. that she would pick him yeah again another kudos to the show that yeah. like they're fleshing out their villain that he, he, you know, that that he's complex and everybody has layers and we care about all these characters, right. including the monster, including right. the head. So that's that's a testament to a well-written show, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the series premiere of Whiskey Cavalier starring Lauren, Lauren Cohen and Scott Foley. And I will tell you this, that I had to convince Peter to watch it because he hates Scott Foley for some reason. Yeah, me too. Uh, you hate Scott Foley? 
Yeah, yeah, I was talking to you about it. It's like I did not like him in uh, Scandal. Okay, so well then, curious because I was going to say what Peter said, but I, now I want to know what you said. What did you? What do you think about the premiere now that you've watched it? Oh, I thought it was way better than kind of like how they portrayed it in the previews. Um, you know, the previews just kind of portrayed it as like, oh, here we go. We're just going to have these. This is going to be another, you know, uh, procedural drama. And we're going to have the two individuals who aren't together yet, but there's going to be a sexual attraction. And then later they're going to get together. And then as soon as they get married, the show is going to end just like that. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. But um, but the show was um, not only was it very entertaining, um, but I kind of like um, the kind of back and forth, you know, because it's like CIA, FBI. Um, and uh, first, you know, they start out as being um, – like, I guess, really, not really, uh, not really, you know, enemies, but more like in competition with each other. Right. Uh, to bring in uh, this hacker guy, uh, which I, who I'm just going to call Noah because he's Noah from Walking Dead. I know, right? You know, or you can call him Chris. Which was weird. You know, call... And then, like, you know, it's like I had... and Noah and, yeah. It was, it was I did have of... that moment where I realized they knew each other. And I was like, wait, they worked on a show together for, like, two seasons um, but I was like, or you could call him Chris from everybody hates Chris, but I probably would have called him Noah too. Uh, I, and I like that they misdirected us on his character. Like you think he's one kind of guy and then you realize he's not. And so that was actually the twist. And I thought that was cool. The fact that the boss was the bad guy wasn't that big of a twist. I kind of was like, well, of no. course he is, but yeah. you're right. The highlight of the show was the chemistry between, Scott Foley and Lauren Cohen, just their bickering and their fighting. And I love that she's a cold down to earth agent and that he's just out of a relationship and is just super sappy. Like he's in the <laughs> middle of a mission and he sees some dude propose and he almost starts crying and gets shot because he's not paying attention. Uh, and I just love the fact that he's just so emotional and sentimental about everything that he's so counter to her that they're just she, so opposing. Because she, she's I, tough and she doesn't believe in relationships. Um, and so, yeah, and so she's the opposite. So he really wants to be in a relationship. She thinks relationships are, are a detriment. And so I guess as we see these characters uh, work together and evolve, we're going to see how they're going to change, which is kind of interesting to me. So, yeah, um, I, yeah I so plan to keep watching. I want to inject a little bit of a medium here because um, I didn't dislike the show at all. I'm definitely going to give it a chance. I saw a bunch of stuff that I liked. I mean, it's essentially moonlighting with guns. Uh, and I'm really welcoming that. I, I, I would love a show like that. You know what I mean? Uh, to pull yeah, it that's off. A good, that's a better analogy than the regular, than like a castle. Then yeah. Yeah. No, it, to me, it's definitely moonlighting, you know, um, I, I, I don't love the stereotype for me. I think it's actually a little bit of a trope to have the hardened at this point, you know, in, in 2019, you know, um, of the un emotionally unavailable, super tough lady cop. You know what I mean? So I'm like, whatever. Um, I, I what I like better is what you said, which is the super emotional crying in the middle of a, you know, a very important, you know, <laughs> um, you know, uh, uh, um, action sequence, you know, where if I drop this vial, lots of people die, and yet you're still bawling. So that to me was uh, showed me what kind of show it was going to be. And so for me, I find that a little bit more interesting than your stereotypical paint by numbers. There are there are a bunch of things that were a little paint by numbers. The other thing that I thought 
which I get. And so now I know what kind of show we're getting. I really did think, even though I just finished saying it's moonlighting, moonlighting with guns, I'm a little bit sad that they're bringing in the Scooby gang so quickly. I think that oh, for the me, team. The, yeah. yeah, the draw, like, I love that you're, you know, I love that the um, hacker guy, you know, his story and his turnaround and stuff, but I didn't need that all in the pilot. Like to me, I would have really enjoyed seeing those guys uh, and their relationship, you know, because now it's just going to be about the two of them bickering as to who's leading the team, which I find way less interesting than the two of them learning how to like work together and respect well, each think, other. And no, I think that that I think it is going to be that I think. No, that, I know. But I would rather have watched that without the Scooby gang first. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, I I don't I just because there isn't a show like that. There are plenty of Scooby gang shows. They're all Scooby gang shows. Like, I wouldn't have minded a, you know, a, a buddy cop drama or whatever, but what, but a man and a woman, you know what I mean? Like for me, that's not out there. And uh, I would even, even the all the, even all the, the, bu- the, the buddy cop, they always still have people at the home base. Helping yes, them. But, but this is, I don't disagree, of course, but this to me, uh, it, it's, I just feel like they introduced them too soon and they're going to be too involved. Like I, I, don't, I would, we don't know it. that yet. We don't know that yet. So let's wait that's till we get to the I'm second. Let's, well, let's wait whatever, till the second I'm enjoying the show. I'm going to give it a chance. I I just wanted to say that it's I don't I'm not as impressed as it sounds like you two were. I'm I'm a little bit more suspicious and also feel like it's a little paint by numbers. But I like the show. Okay. All right, next up we're gonna talk about Enemy Within, which is a different kind of show. The only thing that I'm annoyed by is all the advertisements tell you that she's a she's a spy and a traitor because such and such had her daughter and that's why she betrayed her country. And then they spend the whole episode trying to figure out why she betrayed her country. I was like, why, well, why did you put that on the posters? I, I totally wanted to be like, oh, you should have watched the trailers, guys. That, <laughs> that would have clued you in. It was so like, weird. That is the weirdest weird. advertisement I've ever seen where oh. that is literally oh. the plot of the pilot is to figure out why she became a trailer, a traitor. And I was yep. like, to save her daughter? Like, that was everywhere. Uh. Uh, though I actually had Peter watch it without, cause he hadn't seen a trailer and he hadn't seen a billboard. I was like, don't look at anything. Just watch it. And, um, (laughs) I don't know. He managed to not see a trailer. He hadn't heard of the show at all. Um, and so I was like, here, let's watch it. Don't watch anything else. And I was curious to see if his, his experience was different. If he didn't know, you know, the thing at the end, I still, now you talk about paint by numbers. This was very much a paint by numbers intrigue espionage show. But yes. what got me, what got me interested, is Jennifer Carpenter's character. I found her intriguing, like even yeah. more so than Chestnut. He yeah, no, felt not intriguing. Yeah, he was yeah. very much like I'm the tough cop that just hates this chick. Like yeah. he was very much not. He wasn't giving any layers whatsoever. But she was delivering a really good performance. Like, there was so much going on in her eyes, so much going on with just everything about her that I'm purely going to watch the next episode entirely based on her character to see what she's going to do next. I'm going to have to agree because for me, this is like Quantico with a, with a new lead. You know what I mean? Like absolutely your lead character, you know, isn't as guilty as we think 
she is in this in this case she's a, a bit more guilty than you know um priyanka chopra's character but it's it's a procedural you're catching people it's got you know cia fbi whatever you pick a homeland security pick a pick a thing um so for me i've seen all this um but but you're but i agree with you her acting is really strong and it's compelling and you know i believe who wouldn't believe the conflict you know what i mean um but for but and you nailed it because the pilot w had less so much less emotional punch because you know you know Morris Chestnut's character is just a man on, you know on that you know I don't know if revenge is the right term but he's just a one horse kind of guy you know and then you know she uh, bursts that bubble and then you kind of feel like well, well that's the point of his character though now then because he's not going to be like trying to figure out why she did it and why she killed her. You know, like, oh, okay, so then what's going to be his motivation for the rest of the, you know, show? Well, just I, as, Yeah, he you know? has to get off the whole, I want revenge. He has to become... I know, that's what I'm saying. He and has to become a three-dimensional character, and he's not that yet. No, I know, but but what I'm saying is, to me, all of it was, it was to paint by numbers, and also derivative, because I've seen it in Quantico, and I yeah. enjoyed... I, I don't not I don't I don't know many people that enjoy, enjoyed the show and the show wasn't great. Um, but to me, this show has got to figure out a way to differentiate itself from Quantico. And um, I enjoyed Priyanka's, you know, character immensely, her her acting as well. So, you know, it's it's fine because, like you said, her character is her acting is engaging. And, but I'm I'm very I'm very not suspicious, but I'm really wary of them being able to convince me that this is a something new. Otherwise, I don't know that I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat, actually. Um, yeah, and I agree with you, Livia. I, I really did like Jennifer Carpenter's uh, performance, but like Morris Chestnut, like when he went to go interview her and then he just completely blows his top and picks up the chair and like throws it up. <laughs> Dude, dial it down like 20 <laughs> What the heck? It's like screaming at the top of his lungs. And then there was another scene where he walks in and, and you know, he's like the big, um, <clears throat> I don't know, is it FBI or CIA? I can't he's remember. He's FBI. Yeah, it's FBI. And he walks in and goes, all right, people, we're searching for blah, blah, blah. And and we've only got 10 hours to find the blah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this this was like, it seemed verbatim of the pilot of FBI. And it was yeah. the main reason why I didn't watch that show. Right, right, right. Yeah, I agree. Just, just not there. I mean, you you know, of all of the, you know, spy thriller, we have to catch the terrorist sort of shows. Uh, like well, you said, I, I'm hoping this that did what, not I'm hoping what they end up doing is it ends up with them forming some sort of friendship. Like I'm hoping that it's an unlikely friendship that actually happens between them against their will, and that's the only way that this show becomes interesting uh, and gives more chestnut three dimensions are you so, recommending that our audience give it one more episode well i'm gonna give it one more episode because <laughs> i think Jen i think jennifer carpenter did such a great job she did a good enough job that i'm gonna watch another episode yeah, i will she likely give her one more episode I, the show i mean i give her many more episodes but i'll give the show one more episode but there's too much stuff out there for me to watch i cannot watch this show if if it doesn't you know, in the very next episode, give me some sort of hope that it's not going to be something I've seen 400 times. Right. Okay, I, that's that's fair. Thumb sideways. Oh, you gave it a thumb sideways. <laughs> uh, so next up, we're going to talk about The Rookie. And this episode was very much... Plain Clothes Day. Plain Clothes Day. And 
all the rookies trying to go above and beyond to impress their TOs and to impress everybody. And they were going outside their normal personalities to do it. And that's what created the issues and made them all stumble and fall. So whose storyline do you want to talk about first? Oh, well, just in general, though, I just want to make a general comment in that it seems like um, every episode, I'm wondering if, because there's always kind of like a teaching tone in the right. show. Like, Well, there pretty, is, because they're, rick- they're rookies, yes. Well, yeah, but it's almost like a teaching tone to the audience. Like, the previous episode, there was kind of like this whole tone about how cops don't take bribes and you don't want to put yourself in a position where you could be compromised and that sort of thing. And this one, kind of like all three had like a teaching moment of the you know, the right way to serve your community as uh, as an officer of the law. And I'm wondering, is the goal to educate us about the way cops should be? Or is someone trying to teach cops out there in America <laughs> the way they're supposed to behave? I'm just kind of, you know, wondering about the, you know, who's who's supposed to be uh, at the end of this uh this, this sort of teaching. I, I feel like you have to ask the executive producers that question. <laughs> I think it might be both. And what I mean by that is, I think the show at its heart, in, in part, is supposed to kind of give us an idea of how difficult being a cop is and, right. and how, you know, people are trying to be their better selves or like, you know, it's not a recruitment video for, you know, for police officers, but it certainly casts them very sympathetically. And, you know, more than to me, I feel like it's sort of like um they're trying to be a like, please like police officers. This look how hard their jobs are. You know what I mean? And we're going to entertain you while we're doing it. Look how noble they are. Look how difficult their lives are, um, which isn't a bad thing, you know, at all. You know, so if it is a social service they're providing i i don't i don't think that they would deign to you know try to you know preach to cops you know what i mean like um i just i mean i get what you're saying and i agree with you but i think it's probably more of a more of a general innocuous kind of like we're just going to put some positivity out there for like police officers you, you know what i mean uh and then but we're still going to entertain you and and the conceit of the show is that they're all have a training officer so every every episode pretty much ha- you know is about them learning their jobs and learning, you know, and learning something about themselves along the way. <laughs> <laughs> but let's just let's talk about the what what happened specifically, which is with Nolan. His big thing was he went against his instincts and was just trying to get a bunch of arrests, and so it ended up making him so he ignored someone he probably would have normally paid attention to. Where yeah. she's like obviously in trouble, and he just gives her a card and walks off, and then she ends up dead at the end of the episode. No, not dead. They oh, she's not dead. In the truck. Oh, right, right, right. They do finally. Yeah. They yes, yeah, but she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she was pretty banged up and hurt, and he realized almost he dead. Yeah, almost, almost dead. dead. And he realized he could have stopped this thing way earlier if he had been paying attention. But he was just thinking about how many arrests he could get and blah, blah, blah. And the same thing was true for the cop that ended up at the station all day, which I thought was hilarious. Like, his storyline was pretty funny because yeah. he was so adamant about beating his dad's record and he's going to do this and do that. And and I like that his T.O. was like, yeah, you and your daddy issues. And he was like, I don't have any daddy issues. I was like, dude, you do. <laughs> um so I like that he ended up spending the entire day at the precinct and he didn't get to go out to do anything that he yeah. thought he was going to have to do. 
Yeah, when you're when you work in an environment where you have different departments that all work together um, for you know to provide a service like I do, um, you see that you know there isn't really a job that's out there that is you know that's less important than any other job. Right, and that was kind of the point. Right, right, right. Yeah, and so that was a that was a really good. I really enjoyed that moment when he finally realized that you know even staying behind and not being you know out on the beat, you can do just as good for your uh, for your community uh, than you can you know going out and catching bad guys. Right, and I can't remember what was the third one. Her lesson was Ted, Ted leaving the the yeah. truck but the van behind because she was so impressed with herself for catching the the right she wasn't paying attention to detail yeah the peeping um right well she did she did a good job by spotting him sure and then she and then then she got she got in trouble because uh the guy was kicking the dog it was abusive and he was obviously a sexist her pay attention to detail then got caught the guy because she was noticing the dog scratching at the garage and then right. noticed you know, tiny specks of blood or whatever. So she redeemed herself. I want to say one thing, though, because we're talking about Chen. I, I had to take her character with a grain of salt because I understand that, you know, in a cast of characters, you know, it's more interesting to have, you know, all these distinct personalities. And I but and I will say this, though. Um, and I understand it's part written into her character, so it isn't, you know, out of the blue. Uh, if the show didn't have other very strong female uh, roles, you know, characters, and I'm going to call them characters because I'm not talking about their acting, um, I would be a little annoyed with Chen because she's always apologizing. I don't mind if she second guesses herself or is timid or is this or that or any of that stuff. But it was a little and, and it's it really I noticed it in this episode uh, even more so. But it's always kind of nagged me that it's that stereotypical, um, you know, women bump into somebody in the hallway and they're always like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Or like, you know, they you know, someone says, you know, oh, I've got to go. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Like it's that it's that like female apologizes for everything you know and she was in the squad car and she said something or did something and it, to me i thought ugh, i was like you are such a good cop your tio tio has even turned around and you know admitted that to you on multiple occasions you know blah 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 I, i'm waiting for her to get a little bit more confident or well this or i think this was the episode because remember in the evaluation he wrote out beforehand it talked about her second guessing herself and doing blah 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 and then he was like well now i'm gonna tear that up and actually write a new one so i think yeah. that was kind of the I, point no, no, I get that. I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm talking about the smaller things. I, the, I'm not talking about the larger picture. This is what I'm trying to say. Like, there are people at work, let's say a, a corporate woman who was a fantastic lawyer and she's a partner and da 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 da. She's proven herself, but yet still on some weird interpersonal reaction level, there's still this like feminine timidity, you know what I mean? That I think is still propagated by like, a lot of people, including the show, this show. But like I said, it wouldn't be, it would be a bigger problem for me, except that they definitely have set it up that she's that kind of a person and that they do balance that with some very strong female characters. So I'm not dinging the show so much as just commenting that it's annoying to me personally. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, and, right. We need to, so- we- it's okay by me because she she is playing the role of a person who's in a learning position, right. and so and, and to some extent, you know, the other two rookies, you know, West and Nolan, um, they they're kind of timid as well, and so and so that's okay by me. Oh well, we got to move on. We got to move on. We got to move on. Uh, so uh, I think we're still saying we like this episode. 
Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about The Magicians. And this episode was very much about... What was it very much about? Uh, Oh, it was the two pennies. And And traveling to different universes i forgot that they actually had numbers they're like we got to go back to 44 and you're from 28 and i was like wait what um i thought that storyline was really good because he totally screws up and runs into the what i call original penny and i was actually annoyed with myself because the original penny i almost didn't recognize him because we've been dealing with the other penny so long that i forgot what the original penny behaved like and I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's Penny. Um, and I, I really, I like their interaction a lot. I like that they had them head-to-head. And then um, the other one is that you're dealing with uh, Monster Elliot uh, trying to solve the mystery of who he is and all of that. Uh, but there was that really good moment where uh, oh God, Quentin was like, if you're going to kill me, go ahead and kill me because I'm tired of this. And he basically called his bluff. And I thought that because he's always threatening to kill him. And he's like, all right, let's do it. Kill me. So that was good. Any other thoughts? Um, yeah, uh, I like the, the fact that they introduced this kind of concept that, you know, people who are not are out of their own timeline are causing destruction to the to- uh, the correct yeah the, the correct yeah, dimension right yeah the current timeline and so that kind of adds another dimension to stuff but I it, although it was kind of disturbing the way it ended where you know Penny was like because um, I thought they were going to try to do save. something try yeah. to fix, save the guy's mom and then they're like uh, no instead I'm going to bring back this you know dandelion and blow these seeds all over the place just to no no you know, no but they explained it they explained it they said that. No matter what you do, she's already been too exposed to... Because she basically did it to herself and she knew it. Which was she was playing with some chemicals that were going to mess up her brain. And she had this device that kept her, you know, sane. But they were like, the damage was actually too much. It doesn't even matter anymore about them leaving. Because they've been in that dimension long enough that the damage is irreparable. She's going to die no matter what. So, and then the other penny was like, and there's bigger fish to fry. There's a bigger picture. And there's a reason why we need you in that dimension, not just for one person, but for everyone. So that's why he did the dandelion. Cause he's like, I've got a job to do. I don't have time to worry about you trying to send me back to my original dimension. Uh, he was like, I'm sorry, but your mom's already dead. There's nothing we can do about it. So there you go. Yeah. I'm just saying that the scene did not make me happy. <laughs> it's supposed to be morally ambiguous. It's supposed to be supposed to make you uncomfortable, especially when you oh, find but... out that everything this dude's doing is to save his mom. So you kind of want it to have a happy ending, but this yeah, is I... magicians and it doesn't. Yeah, and I like the like the and they did do the contrast because they were like, "Hey, uh, we think um, the words on these stones might be from Egypt, uh, but we don't have anyone who knows how to." Oh, let me just wake up this mummy, and maybe he can tell. No, us. that was hilarious. <laughs> that was so weird. And then they leave the mummy alive. Like I thought they were gonna like revive him and make him just like a regular person, but he was still just like a mummy going. And I was like, "What the heck?" And now he's just like trapped in 2019 as a mummy. Yeah, in the basement of a museum. Like, 
<laughs> they left him. Like, they didn't put him back to sleep. Or no, no, they just left him in the basement. And he just, there's a scene where he's just looking around and he's just like by himself. He's like, eh. And I was like, that was, <laughs> that was disturbing and hilarious at the same time. Um, any other thoughts before we move on? I really like this. Magicians has just been on all, you know, cylinders this season. I'm loving it. All right, we're going to move on. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about Deadly Class. Uh, Yusun, I saw you were watching it. I don't remember what happened. What happened in this episode? Oh, it's terrible uh, for to start with me, or maybe because I can just talk about the beginning of the show. Um, I don't. um, I did not get a chance to finish. Um, uh, but having said that, that'll help me, or that'll lead me into what I'm about to say is it's getting increasingly hard for me to watch the show. I think it has lots of merit. Um, I loved the way the series started out. Um, we've talked incessantly, all of us about how dark it is. Um, I have changed my mind frame set, uh, you know, mind mindset when I watch the show now. So it's easier for me to watch. It's very, it reminds me very much of like, um, uh, and not in a bad way or derivative kind of their cheating or stealing way, but, um, you know, it, it has that energy of uh, like natural born killers, but teenagers, there's just like what the, this episode. Okay. I can talk a little bit about this particular episode when um, Chico's uh, headless or, or, or head or bodiless corpse decapitated head starts talking to the guy you know, mm-hmm. in the ice chest, um, I had to kind of laugh almost. It wasn't it was funny, supposed, ha, ha. It, but it was uh, it was absolutely ridiculous because you know that that's in that dude's head. Like he's not. Yeah. yeah. The headless no, but corpse. That, are you saying that's a bad thing? No, it's not. I, to be honest, I fast forwarded through all of that because it was stupid. Okay. It was just well, like I didn't care about it. I don't care about the villain dude at all. Um, yes, that's my problem. Also. Yeah, he's not interesting. He's a terrible actor. And so the makeup is bad. Yeah, and all just of like that. watching him talk to a headless corpse that's obviously not talking, and then talking right. to all these other things that are just bizarre and weird and just not interesting, bizarre and weird. I was just over it. The only thing that was happening that was interesting is the students themselves. Uh, they decide that they need to go on this mission, and they come up with a brilliant slash terrible idea of letting loose another serial killer to hunt the other serial killer. Okay, and I was yeah. like, I was like, they're, they've shown this guy in an earlier episode where he's teaching the class about oh, killing. Oh, yes. In the wheelchair? Yeah, the guy in the wheelchair. Isn't that French? Isn't that French Stewart? Yes. Isn't that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Third... That's him. Um, right. Mm-hmm. And so the kids come up with the brilliant slash terrible idea, as I say, to, to get him out. They break him out to help because they don't know how to track the other serial killer down. And they're like, this dude will know how to track him down. And I can't remember what deal they made with him. But I was like, this is going to go horribly wrong. And yeah. they put him on a leash because he I mean, he doesn't actually need the wheelchair. They, he, like an actual leash? Yes, they put him on an actual leash. But the problem okay. is they're terrified of him. So even right. though they have him on a leash, they're not actually really controlling him. Um, and there's this moment towards the end where they track down. He actually does do what he said he's going to do. And he tracks the bad guy down Mm. and, uh, they have this big confrontation. He's like, I'm going to kill whoever the main guy is. And then they, they're like, Nope, we got somebody that's going to kill you. And then they put the serial killer against that dude. And he sends one of his minions and that dude gets killed instantly. 
Like, what, whatever minion he's managed to make gets killed instantly from the serial killer. And he's like, oh, you guys brought in a... Oh, what do you call Not a deuce, but like uh, someone... Ringer? A ringer. Is it a ringer? Thank you, that's mm-hmm. the word. It's like, you guys brought in a ringer. And so then he runs away. And they all start chasing him. And I, and then I was like, guys, where's the serial killer? You just broke out of, out of, out of the school. Where is he? You're not looking at him. And they ran down the street without him. And of course, now they've let this serial killer go. They right. they were trying to chase down one serial killer, and they let one way more dangerous go. And See, I, I, I was and I was like, yeah. "You guys are just idiots." And that's my problem is they're all dumb. So. Well, see, that's kind of the, my problem with the show now at this point. Um, you know, like I said, I've just started to kind of train myself into being okay with all the violence. Um, n- not that I wasn't in the beginning. Like I said, I was actually more okay with it in the beginning because I thought it was going to, you know, I thought it was going to be more like Badlands. You know what I mean? Where like there were going to be a lot of like beautifully choreographed shot um, uh, fight scenes, you know, a lot of sword right. play and this and that. And then the story, you know, I don't, it's, it, I feel like the show is all over the place. Right. You know, there's that like mysterious, weird, hypersexualized sister, you know, who was underappreciated. And then the, the, the headmaster who comes and goes, but it, you know, doesn't do that much on the show, you know, and then there's the cartoon, the comic book aspect of it, which I actually really like. Um, and they utilize that every time they, the show needs to show something ultra, ultra violent and really uncomfortable. They do it, you know, in animation. Yeah. In cartoon form. Right. Right. And I think that's a strong choice and a smart choice. Um, and it's an interesting choice. I, it's definitely good. It, uh, and I like the animation. I think that style is, is interesting to watch and it fits with the show. There's so many parts to the show that I like. It's like all these different ingredients, but I'm beginning to think the stew doesn't taste that good. You know, because, <laughs> uh, I'm like, are you trying to be spicy? Are you a sweet stew? Are you a this stew? Are you what? What's happening here? Um, and then all wrapped up in like ultraviolet. I, I'm not saying that that scene where the the head was talking was interesting or good. That's why I asked you what you thought. It was of boring. This. Yeah, it, but it wasn't that it was, it, it wasn't, it's crime to me wasn't that it was boring. It was just so odd that I was like, wait, is this the direction the show is taking? Did I miss this? Was this all along? Was it kind of like this? So I think they're just throwing everything at the wall um, in an effort to just kind of be like, look how weird and different and cool we are. And so, yeah, I'm starting to really have trouble like slogging through the show, which, which is, is why which I, hints, I'm fast forwarding bits. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all you know right. me, I'm not a fast forwarder. So, but <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Next up, I think we're giving that like a thumb sideways to down. Yeah. Um, next up, we're going to talk about Brooklyn nine, nine. And this episode was the very special episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine where they tackle the Me Too movement um, in a way that on a drama would have been poignant, but on a comedy, I was kind of scratching my head. Like, because it, it wasn't funny. Like, I mean, the whole storyline was funny. But the Peralta and uh, whatever her name is that I'm blanking on. Amy? Her, Amy, thank you. Their storyline wasn't funny at all. Um... Even with beefer. Uh, Here, go ahead. I know I've been talking a lot, but I, I, I really did want to talk about the show because, and I wanted you to start because I wanted to kind of see what, what I could and should rebut. Um, I don't disagree with you. I know that the show was definitely on the nose and it was a little heavy handed, maybe even a lot heavy handed. Um, but 
so, you know, it was not a perfect episode. And, and I, you know, and I know a lot of people are going to talk about SJWs, you know, social justice warriors and this and that and the show, blah, blah, blah. But to me, what where where the show still works and still shows me that they're trying really hard with the writing or they're in their groove is I loved all the moments between um, a- a- Amy and and um, what's his name? His, Peralta, thank you. Um, and I did find the funnier moments funny. I mean, even when they dealt with the Me Too, like I loved how they they had that whole exchange on the couch when she was like in her clothes, uh, in her you know sweats, and with her hair all messed up, and he was just being his sensitive, sweet self, and she was being her neurotic self. And then he goes at the end of all of that, he's like, you know, and then you're going to change your clothes, and then you're good. I'm going to bring a brush, and you're going to you know, comb your hair only if you want to, you know, like it'll be your choice, you know? And that really made me laugh because I thought, you know, that there it stays within the theme and it's really, you know, the, the crux of their relationship and the sweetness and the goofiness. So yeah, I'm not going to disagree um, that it was, you know, um, you know, an after school special kind of, you know, this ep- kind of episode, I'm not going to disagree that, it wasn't their funniest episode by far, but to me, it still maintained um, the charm of the show. I, but I felt the show had the energy and the a little bit of the show had changed since it landed on NBC. NBC is is really well known for being, you know, messing with shows and stuff because I thought, oh, that makes sense because to me, the show seems slightly too heavy on Holt and Peralta and Amy. Uh, we're kind of forgetting about the other characters that were so unbelievably charming and like ragtag and different and stuff. So I'm hoping going forward that this, like you said, you didn't really like the show and didn't think it was that funny. So, but this I'm is hoping... the but this is the first one on yes, no, but that I'm I haven't liked. But I was just told there's a reason why I said what I just said was I'm hoping that this doesn't start a trend that this isn't something that's going to be problematic. That's all I'm saying because I don't disagree with you. I still enjoyed the episode way more than you, and I think and I'm glad that they tried to tackle the topic. Um, but sure, I did it succeed wholeheartedly. No, but I I still laughed and I still enjoyed the characters. So all right, you know, well, let's move on. Wrapping up. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about uh, Star Trek Discovery. And this is finally Spock has arrived. Finally, finally, finally. Greg. What did what did you think of this episode? And was there anything about that stood out to you? Oh, um, <clears throat> oh, that stood out. Um, well, well, really, I guess when we get to talk about the uh, the very end when they're going to Talos Four, <laughs> oh, which car. For, which, for all the Star Trek old head fans, know what yeah. that means. Original series, the menagerie. Yeah, we're going back uh, to the beginning. Yeah, but that's a for me, the thing that stuck out was the moment on Vulcan where the mom was like, Amanda was like, I'm not, she's still mad at uh, Burnham, but she doesn't even know what Michael did. Like, Michael was like, I did something to Spock that was really bad. Doesn't tell her mom anything. Her mom's all mad at her. And I was like, yeah. that's weird. Because I, I know, I, yeah, I know my mom. If I told my mom I did something to my brother, she'd be like, well, you two need to work it out. Like, that would be, she wouldn't get mad at me. She'd be like, well, you two should talk to each other and work out whatever it is that you guys got to work out. That literally would be it. So I thought that was very strange. And then um, they have the scene in the cave or whatever. And 
they're talking and going back and forth and she's trying to convince her mom and it's not working. Then Sark shows up and that's where the scene got interesting because Amanda like gave him the smackdown because he was like, you're overseeing your authority and you have to do what I say, blah, blah. And she was like, I'm your wife, not your servant. And just yeah, went know. off on him. But what I, the, the, that moment that really just like clutched my heart was when Sark was like, I can't, I can't do it. He's like, I can't lose both of my children on the same day. And the way he said that just almost brought me to tears. Like, I was like, yeah. oh my God, that's so amazing. So that's, that's what grabbed me. Uh, any other thoughts? Well, I just thought that there was a lot in this episode. I like the pace that they're going with the story. Um, and I think, uh, I think you would mention this is the first uh, episode with the new uh, showrunner. Right. Um, that's fully it, that's fully hers without the interference of the original showrunners. Yes, yeah, I just thought there was so much in this episode. I mean, we had we had the whole uh, Burnham on Vulcan. We had Burnham on the um, section uh, thirty one. Section thirty. I always want to say area thirty one. Section <laughs> thirty one. The section thirty one ship. You know. Oh, her fight with with uh, with Georgiou was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, then we've got Pike, like, on a shuttlecraft, like, trying to go inside of a, like, time rift space, you know. Yeah, that, uh, that storyline was weaker. Anomaly. That was, as, that was not as strong. Oh, but then, um, what's his name? The... It was, like, drone, drone, drone things that we're going to see next week. Like, I mean, I, I think it was necessary. I'm not saying it wasn't necessary. I'm just saying it wasn't as interesting, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, it was pretty, uh, you know, the, we, we had the whole, but no, I mean, there was a lot going on there, because... You know, you had Pike, who really, you know, didn't care for for Ash at all, um, going on the trip. And then, you know, by the time the trip is over, you know, Boo. they're kind of a bit more eye to eye. I, I, I hate that because I, I hate Ash. There's nothing that Tyler's going to do to make me like him. Well, maybe if he shaves that goofy beard, that might yeah, be the first yeah. step. But yeah, yeah, I, I can't mean, stand Tyler. And I love that Pike hated Tyler. That made me feel very nice. Now I'm annoyed again. Yeah, but now we've got uh, something that's probably going to pop up later. It seems like the synthetic or augmented uh, humanoid that's on the bridge uh, uh, has her some... Her name is Aram? 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 Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's the thing is this season been, we're supposed to learn like... the, the, the crew. we got to learn the crew. Yeah, well, well, apparently she's, you know, maybe hacked or compromised yes. or something like that. Yeah, you don't so, know what that means. Yeah, so just all in all, just a lot in one episode of of Star Trek, and and we get uh, you know, uh, and we get the hint we're going to Talos Four next week. I that makes me excited. That makes me so, excited about a lot. I really so, like that. So anyone out there who wasn't going to pay for CBS All Access, go ahead and pay for CBS All Access at least for the last what? How many episodes do we have left? Uh, there are thirteen total. We're at seven. So do the six more episodes. Wow, we have six more? That makes me happy. (laughs) All I'm going to say is, this was not one of my most favorite episodes. I agree with Craig. Yeah, that it like, it gave us a lot, uh, and I love the pacing, but I I almost felt like it was too much, honestly. I mean, I love watching the show, because it gives you so much to look at, um, and I do love the pacing, um, and I agree with everything that you said, Libya. So I definitely didn't not like the episode, but for me, it was almost a little too much. I just, I was taking, I was like, what with the time rift and the thing and then the drone thingy and the this and that, 
I, for, so I don't know. Like, um, yeah. Maybe I just, you I, just I need know. to rewatch it. Maybe, yeah. but I know, that seems like <laughs> maybe it was because of what Libya said that the that the um, that the time warp, all that stuff was it, it it was less compelling, but it moved the plot forward. Whereas the stuff with Sarek and and Amanda and all that stuff was really dramatically, you know, interesting, satisfying and, and, too. Satisfying. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that was it. Maybe to me, the two of those were too hard to smush into one one episode, and it was distracting for me or something. I, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. No, it's oh, not worth. Yeah, we anymore. need to move on. We need to move on. We're out running out of time. Uh, yep. Next up, we're going to talk. Well, I, I'm giving this episode a thumbs up. I really liked it. Yeah. Sure, uh, I'm not gonna... uh, next up, we're going to talk about legacies, and when I mean we, I mean you guys. And it was episode. Oh, I know the number on uh, inside. What, what was the number well, on the episode? Well, I don't well, it know. Was it was it's the mummy. The mummy. Uh, there's a mummy on Main Street. Is the name of the episode. All right. What did you guys think? Go, Greg. Oh, um, well, uh, I I've been saying over and over. I think uh, I, uh, hands down to these uh, special effects folks um, yes. uh, who do the uh, the costuming work because. I can definitely tell that it's not a CGI, um, you know, mummy, um, that it's all like makeup work and everything. And, and whoever's doing it is just doing a phenomenal job because, you know, you could tell that this is a, you know, a real person, you know, inside of this stuff. But they made it really, um, you know, ominous and scary, especially with the teeth and there's a little, you know, dripping wet little, you know, and plus, plus, of course, the way the actor uh, was playing off the mummy was really good too, but uh, um, just um, really good um, big bads, I guess, or little yeah. bads. Do we call yeah. them little bads? I uh, um, mean the the insects. Uh, no, no. Um, you know the big bad, I guess, is Malibu. Oh, okay. Uh, but I guess these are. Little, I don't know what you call them. Uh, the, the, the the villain of the week. Yeah. Yes, villain of the week. Yeah, but um, but all all in all, I mean. Yeah, we had the villain of the week. They went out of town. It was a road trip, and there was some comedy there. And then you had the whole Alaric and um, the other two teachers. Sorry, I can't remember their names. Kind of uh, trying Emma and Dorian. Emma and Dorian kind of triangle there. But I think the coolest thing about the episode was really the dialogue that, between Hope and um, uh, Josie. Yes. Uh, and what happened with the fire and, and yes. what happened that kind of kicked off the whole you know, animosity um, between the the witches in the first place. I thought that was really good. That actually, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I would have forgotten to talk about that. I didn't love this episode and there was nothing really wrong with it except that like the humor aspect in the van, none of that to me was particularly funny um, or tense. I thought it lasted too long. If you want to talk about fast forwarding, I mean, I didn't because I don't. But, um, you know, and then... um, I thought it was really the, the the plot was weak because you've got a vampire and he spent his entire time, you know, compelling everybody else. How about just compelling the bad guys and be like, uh, I would like you to hand the urn over to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what? Hello? 
Like, that just seemed... I mean, I was really watching the screen going, that's going to happen, right? Because that's somehow going to well, happen, right? he did right? compel one of the bad guys to do it. Yes, but exactly my point. So why stop there? Like, what? I didn't... I really thought that that was weak. But I'm going to go... So I did not love this episode at all. And it's the first one in a really long time because they were just revving up to me, for me. I was just like, oh, my God, every... You know, so it, that's fine. It's a little a little stumble for me. I'm not going to... I don't think the show is terrible or, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's not that big of a deal, especially because... Because of everything um, Greg said, I I thought the mummy the all, the creatures are all pretty freaking scary. At some point, they just got scary. The first one I think was like a witch dragon that made no that was like made was no all, impact it on was, me. It was CGI, that's why. But the woman and the actress and all that stuff. But you know, um, everyone I think ever after that, you know, uh, but the mummy especially, Greg, you're absolutely right. Old school is the way to go. Um, even when they did do CGI, I just loved when they reconstituted him, you know, out of like gauze from the like first eight, you know, kit center or whatever. I thought yeah. that was hilarious. Yeah, that um, was And it was good. I just, you know, it really, it was real. So like, I liked that. So there were plenty to like, but the thing I like about the show, and I'll just say this, um, it reminded me a little bit of the originals where like, of course you expect twists, you know? But every time the originals gave me a twist, I was, I was like, oh, that is not how, how I thought that was going to go, you know, even though there was a twist. So I also loved the Josie Hope thing where I thought she was absolutely going to be like, well, I didn't want her getting in between you and me. And, you know, I didn't want you to become friends with her or whatever. But the, the whole love thing, and we've already set up Josie is, you know, having these crushes and, you know, liking girls and, you know, that whole kind of thing. So that came out of left field, but not in a bad way. And it was very sweet. So, um, yeah, I liked it. So there's still so much to to like about the show. And I absolutely liked the episode, but it definitely was one of the weaker ones for me because the plot hole and and I didn't think the humor really worked. And that the them bickering between the two of them, I know, Libya, you were like, well, there's a reason. And I was like, I don't care what the reason is. It's too much. And it's super annoying. So I am hoping going forward that, you know, there's they they have resolved their bickering. Okay. okay, but I do want to say one thing, though, because this really annoyed me. Because I told you there were lots of little things that annoyed me about the show. I feel like Dorian cold-cocking Alaric and then being like, I quit! was, like, ridiculous. <laughs> I thought that was super overreacting. And I really he thought... He was dramatic! You know, it was too... <laughs> it yeah, was too you know, he should have been like... Silly. Yeah, he should have been like, well, she's my woman, so... You know, um, I don't have to worry about anything, any advances from Alaric. I'm good. I mean, I don't. Yeah, she just. Hobie's not threatened by him. Yes, she totally just re, you know, I could understand that that reaction a little bit more if she had just been like, I'm confused or, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then he he's like, oh, man. And then he but she just said, you know, you're I'm yours or you're mine or whatever she said. Um, And then he just goes and cold cocks him. And then and that to me is not even remotely the energy that their friendship has given me throughout the entire series that, you know, that, you know, he's that volatile or he's that, you know, impetuous. You know, he's the one that's kind of the more the more you know uh the calmer one a little bit more logical one so yeah that to me seemed way out of character and super overblown dramatic so there there was like lots of little things like that but whatever i love the show i'm super in it cannot wait to be moved next week (laughs) all right next up we're going to talk about how to get away with murder and this was the season finale and I love that the title was called Please Tell Me No One Else Is Dead, uh, which is fantastic and yeah, is taking totally as a line straight out of the episode, which I thought was appropriate. Go ahead, Greg. Yeah. 
no, I totally thought, I think I was, uh, I think you had actually called me because since I'm in the Midwest, of course, um, a lot of the primetime shows air here before they uh, air um, over on the West Coast. And so I was watching it and I was like, I was like, I got to get on the phone. I got to see who dies. <laughs> and someone always dies. And yeah, no one died. Well, maybe not. I mean, there's one person who's lying on the floor clutching his heart, heart because he's probably been poisoned. 100% but... poisoned. <laughs> and but also, I... by the way, I think that the, what's her name, is the one who poisoned him. What's her name? Who? The lawyer, the woman that was down downstairs. Yep. She was like, I don't drink whatever he was drinking. She's like, I'm going to go get my bourbon or whatever. Uh, I think it's her. I, I think she's been a ringer the whole time, and she's working against them. I think she's working with the Castillos. Oh, no way. That's my theory. Okay. Wow. Well, because there's information that she screwed them over, and she's the only one who knew the information, and I'm upset that Annalise hasn't figured it out yet. Uh, so I, I'm pretty sure she's a traitor. She's a spy. Hmm. Um, I don't know. That would kind of explain it. Yep. Uh, although I am kind of annoyed that, uh, you know, we already did the whole thing with the Castillo's killing. Um, Wes. Uh, Wes and they're and they're the big villains apparently again and so I was like well I'd kind of like a new villain actually but that's true but wait till you know they get to the twist of I forgot her name is is really the bad guy and everybody's gonna be like oh my god so um and I do like that Gabriel is actually starting to be be part of the fold like they didn't trust him for the longest time and now I think he's actually going to get to join the group but uh, him thinking that Annalise killed his his father is just I, I still don't understand why he thinks she did it. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't get it. But I I do like him being part of the team. I like Gabriel now. Uh, but yeah, nobody. Ta- well, somebody did die. Yeah, like you said at the end of the episode, I'm pretty sure he's dead. Especially if I'm correct, then whatever her name is, even if she comes upstairs, she's not going to help him. Oh, you don't think so? I, if she's the one that poisoned him, no, she's not going to help him. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, if she was the one to put the poison in there, I mean, you know, why would she need to leave uh, to go to her office or whatever? I mean, she could she would have just stayed there. Um, no, but that gave her an excuse not to drink. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. Because yeah, he she- offered her a drink and she's like, oh, no, no. I'm a bourbon person. Let me go downstairs and get my bourbon. Notice she did not go downstairs and get her bourbon. She got on the phone. Well, have she, perhaps she spent the last several years building up a tolerance to Iocane powder. Well, if she did, she would have drank. But she didn't. She you came missed the reference. I did understand the reference. I was uh, disputing your reference. This bride. Come on. <laughs> I understood it. I was disputing you. All right, let's move on. Uh, that was still a good finale. I liked everything that happened. Uh, so thumbs up for... Oh, one thing we didn't mention is we prove 100% that Miller actually was not a traitor. Right. That they actually killed an innocent man, which we suspected all along. Yeah, now and now everyone's going to lie to Bonnie so that she won't Doesn't be upset. feel guilty, right. right. All right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the Umbrella Academy, and we're going to finish this up. Hopefully you guys have finished the Umbrella Academy. I have finished. I unfortunately did not, so I'm going to have to sit this one out. Boo! How far did you I get? Know how it ends. 
So you're not spoiling anything. Well, for how me. far did you get? How far did you get? Uh, six. Oh, Just, uh, sad. Yeah. <laughs> have at it. Have at it, everyone. All right, Greg. What did you think of the end or the lead up to the end? Did you see it all coming? Um. Yeah, I started to uh, see it because, um, <clears throat> you know, as they were kind of pointing to uh, Vanya's boyfriend as being the bringer of the apocalypse, I was like, I don't really. Yeah, he first, has no power. He has nothing. Yeah. First, I was trying to figure out, okay, you know, is he like one of those other kids? Because they, they mentioned in the pilot that there was like 40-something kids or something all right. born at the same time. Right. So maybe there's other kids out there with powers. And Except maybe that we won. know that in his flashback, they showed his flashback, and we knew he was just a regular kid who just got beat by his dad. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so once we saw that and how definitely he was trying to get Vanya to, uh, to kind of, uh, you know, manifest her powers again... Um, and saw the flashbacks there, that, that kind of clued me in as to, uh, you know, where the apocalypse came from. So, you know, everyone running around trying to keep it from happening and everyone saying you can't keep it from happening and jumping back and forth in time. At one point, though, the time travel stuff did kind of get confusing because when Five jumped back to, like, the family meeting and he goes, well, I saw you, all, you guys all dead, but now we can change things because I'm back. I couldn't quite remember where that was in the narrative, and I'm like... Basically, they rewound one episode. So, like, we went all the way to the end of the day in one episode, and then when Five jumps back, we rewound that day. So that day didn't happen. Yeah, and I couldn't... But I couldn't remember. Was that the day that the the, the other brother, like, got tortured and everything? Did that still happen? When he got tortured... Yeah, when he got abducted and taken to the hotel and, like, tortured, and then... Um, and then I was wondering, and then, but then I guess that had to have happened because the detective was still dead. Right. Because she's the one who found him. Right. It was after that. It was yeah, after so he got little, rescued. Yeah. They, so they, little, had a, they had a family meeting after that. Yeah. It made it a little timey-wimey, but, um, um, uh, other than that, yeah. I, and then of course, you know, I thought I was starting to think, um, that they actually were going to stop the apocalypse because, um, uh, the the sister, she was going to, you know, kill Vanya. And so I thought they were going to stop the whole thing. The sister uh, wasn't going to kill Vanya. Well, she had the gun pointed to the back of her head and then just decided oh. the last to, like, move the gun. She could have, like, blown her away and that would have been, like, roll credits at that point. Uh, <laughs> but, but, yeah, I guess... Uh, uh, now, I guess the apocalypse really is going to happen, but I guess the cool thing is... No, uh, the apocalypse it, did happen, but now they just rewound it. Yeah, so they're they're supposedly going back in time, but the cool thing is, I guess they're all, they're all going to revert into kids' bodies, not just five. Right. That was a great cliffhanger. Yeah. That was fantastic. Because now I'm like, oh, I need the next episode now! Like, I really... <laughs> I really felt like I needed the next episode immediately. You know, like that was fantastic. But I'm just wondering, I mean, how do you, how are you going to get a bunch of child actors that are as good as the person who's playing five? Because he is fantastic. Well, we've already, unfortunately, we've already seen all the other kids because they're going to keep whatever kids that they had before in the flashbacks. It's those kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope they're able to really have as much, you know, 
Uh, well, no, but see, in the flashbacks, though, they're actually kids. Right. So, but it, as they move forward, are they supposed to be adults in kids' bodies? Like right. Five? I think they are, yes. Mm, so that'll be interesting to see how they play that. Yeah, because they should have all their memories. Right. And, oh, and the the dead brother, he may... He looks like he's back. Like he's yeah, undead. Yeah, he may actually come back to life and be, uh, like, physical. Right. Uh, corporeal instead of, like, a ghost. Right. I did like that he used his ghost powers to actually bring him back, or Klaus used his powers to bring him back so he could actually use his powers. So that was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. That, that made for a great finale. Yeah. So I, I thought that was the show ends on a really high note. I was really happy with how the show ended. So it was definitely a thumbs up for me. If you have not watched, you should. Don't let the first few episodes that are kind of slow get you down because it totally starts ramping up and it's great. All right. Yeah. If you guys have any questions or comments, leave them tvcampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Facebook. You listen to us on getplayradio.com, Radio. We not listen on iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.